0: hello i'm dahlia and i'm alma this is nightmare on fifth street a horror movie podcast
1: joining us for another episode today we are actually going to be watching a nightmare on elm street our namesake we found this on hbo max so like it's not technically free but it's free if you already got the prescription so anyways can you tell
0: us who's in this movie we have heather langenkamp as nancy amanda weiss as tina johnny depp playing glenn jesu garcia playing rod Robert England playing Freddy Krueger, John Saxon playing Lieutenant Thompson, and Ronnie Blakely playing Marge Thompson.
1: Okay, so the movie opens with a dream sequence. And now we both have seen this movie quite a few
0: times, I would say, right, Alma? We've seen it dozens of times. It's a classic. It's awesome. It never gets old. <laughs>
1: but I haven't seen it in a while. So, um, watching it with kind of fresh eyes, but not really. But anyway, so it opens up with a dream sequence. And all I keep thinking during it is. The very beginning reminds me of that Bones episode. Remember where Robert England is in it? Robert England is playing the custodian and he's being all creepy, typical Freddie style. And Bones just loves him. She's like laughing at everything that he says and she's very friendly with him. And anyways, that's all that's going through my brain in the beginning sequence is Bones episodes. Okay, so it opens up with Tina's dream sequence. She is running away from something. She is wearing that cute nightgown oh i want that nightgown because it's like a very basic it reminds me of the the nightgowns remember that walita used to wear
0: yes i remember i was gifted one by mother and i had to wear it she insisted it was a real dress and yeah. made me wear it in public <laughs> oh i'm not god. joking you <laughs> oh my god i didn't know that <laughs> i was like oh 19 god. years old oh fuck that makes it worse <laughs> oh my god where was For that real. It was the exact same nightgown. I came home on leave after I had finished tech school, and she said she got me a dress. And I said, This is a nightgown. This is a Vata. I cannot wear this in public. And she made me wear it. And oh God, oh I remember father picked me up that he was like, What are you wearing? I was like, Mother said, I have to wear it. Let's go you didn't question her oh, you just god. wore it
1: oh god that
0: hurts so much I don't know I can't get past that oh my god oh, that's a true story though you can save it for the clips on future episodes it was the exact same nightgown so poor Alpha. living nightmare right there I guess um
1: so in the dream sequence it was really short dream sequence right Okay, so in the dream, she's running away from something. And I also remember thinking when she's running, she's actually running pretty good. But in my dreams, whenever I'm running away from something, it's like very slow-mo. Like I'm not going anywhere. And it's so frustrating in my dreams. I thought was, she's actually getting somewhere. So that's pretty cool. So she wakes up. And so obviously dream, she's doing good. Now we have the introduction of Johnny Depp. So we got Rod and Johnny Depp. And then we have, what's her name?
0: (laughs) Nancy's played by Heather Neinkamp. She's one of my all-time favorite characters, Nancy. She's my she so I don't forget Nancy.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, guys. But like I said before, I'm horrible with names. And I do try, but I'm just not really good with names. So anyways, so we have Nancy, we have Tina, we have Johnny Depp, and we got Rod. And they're all hanging out together at one of their houses, and they're deciding that they are gonna stay over because they need to help Tina because she's been having these nightmares and they wanna help her get through the night. While they're talking about Tina's nightmares, so while they're talking, they realize that the the two girls have been having very similar dreams. And also at the same time, I guess Johnny Depp and Rod are not friends, even though I thought they were. I see, I don't remember this from when I watched it before. Now watching it, like I said, with kind of fresh eyes, So fucking Rod threatens Johnny Depp with a knife and then it just casually gets blown off. Like he literally took out a knife to stab him and then they stop it and they're like, "Ah, aha, and they go back to doing whatever. I'm like, he almost murdered him. What the fuck is going on here? So anyways, they decide they're going to stay over because they need to help Tina through her nightmare. Make sure that she, I guess, just feels better, feels comforted. Her best friends are around her. So they're at Tina's house and I guess her mother is away at Las Vegas. They mentioned that really quick. So Rod and Tina sleep in her room. And then we have Johnny Depp and Nancy. Yep. Yay. I got a name. Okay. So we got Johnny Depp and Nancy in another room and then Tina and Rod fall asleep and Tina starts to have her dreams. You're going to just gloss over the whole fucking scene. Yes, I was going to gloss over the fucking scene. (laughs) you like, I brought that up. I really was. I have it written down. Tina and Rod have sex. Yeah. And I, I wrote, It's her really, mom?
0: It's really fun and howling sex. So that's how you, that's how they did it back on these movies. So that you know that they're doing it. There's got to be like some significant amount of like dog howling going on.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. I was totally going to skip that part. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they did the deed in the other room and Johnny Depp and Nancy can hear in the other room. Then just weirdly, Nancy, I don't know where the fuck she got that crucifix, but she's holding a crucifix in her hand. Was it on the wall? Was it just by the bedside? What? Where did that come from? It's, a, it's not a tiny little crucifix that you wear around your neck either. It's those ones that you put on the wall because it reminded me when I lived in New York. I don't know if I ever told you this, Alma, but when I lived in New York, I moved into a house where three nuns had lived. So we're renting this place. And like I said, I know that these three nuns live there and there is a crucifix over it's in my bedroom over the bed. So there's only one place that you could put your bed in this room because the way it's just configured. So anyways, we have the bed pushed up against this wall and above the on the wall above the bed is the crucifix. And I just remember. So Kenny's, Kenny's an atheist. I was agnostic and But neither of us would touch that fucking crucifix. We didn't want to take it down (laughs) because we thought it would be bad luck. So for three, what did we live there? Two or three years, we lived with this fucking crucifix hanging over our bed. And every time we mentioned taking it off, we're like, no, you take it off. No, you take it off. We were not going to take the crucifix off that wall.
0: I think it's really funny that you left that there, but you didn't mind dressing up as a nun while you were pregnant. That was funny. Alma, that was fucking hilarious
1: yeah like i said nancy's holding this crucifix i don't know where she got it from and then we go back to tina's dream and she's having really just crazy wild dream fucking Freddy's fucking with her big time and of course we all know he gets a hold of her and he kills her now this is the weird part because we know that as long as they're asleep that freddie can harm them but she wakes up and he still kills her because she wakes up while she's getting cut and everything. So she's awake while she's being dragged up the walls, across the ceiling, and everything. She's being torn apart by his Edward Scissor hands. Hey, Johnny Depp. And Rod is looking at all of this going on. Again, she's awake. So shouldn't it have stopped? That's what's going through my brain. Anyways, unfortunately, she dies. Rod freaks out and he takes off because he thinks he's gonna get blamed. Cops come, all that stuff, and then we're gonna fast forward to I think it's right away the next day because they don't really show that any time has passed. Did did you get a feeling that there was any time that had passed at all, Alma?
0: No, not really. I think it just keeps like next scene is the next thing or whatever.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fast forward, next day, whatever, and Nancy is in her kitchen. I thought this was fucking hilarious. So she's going out the door. She's going to go to school, okay? And her mom obviously is concerned about her, doesn't maybe want her going to school, take some time off. You just, your friend died horrifically and by her boyfriend. They think it's by the boyfriend. And so she's walking out the door. She grabs for the doorknob and then the mom's, hey, where do you think you're going? And Nancy turns around. She walks over to the mom and Nancy are like talking face to face. Then all of a sudden, Nancy brings up a coffee cup to her mouth. (laughs) I'm like, where the fuck did that coffee cup come from? Because she had reached out. This is why I mentioned that she reached out to open the door. She reached out to open the door. She had her backpack or her bag in the other hand. And then all of a sudden, when she's standing in front of her mom, she puts the coffee cup to her mouth. It takes a sip. And it was so weird, and I know I'm fixating on stupid ass shit, but it's just, I just I was like it just really distracted me. So she takes off, she's walking down the street, she's going to school, and Rod appears, and he pulls Nancy aside, and he's I didn't kill her, and it seems like Nancy believes him, but she wants to know what the fuck happened. And then the cops arrive, and one of the cops is Nancy's dad. So dad is one of the cops that arrests Rod and. Nancy is trying to convince him that we need to look into this a little bit deeper. And dad, okay, you know what? I'm the cop here. I'm the dad, blah, blah, blah. So Nancy ends up going off to school. And of course, she's tired. She's been through a lot. And she ends up falling asleep in class. And when she falls asleep in class, what happens? Freddie visits her. So she's having a really messed up dream while she's sleeping in class. That dream sequence was pretty traumatic. And now she has a burn on her arm. And she woke up really crazy in class. So she leaves the classroom and she goes home. Where she should have been to begin with. She shouldn't have tried to go to class. But it's funny because you know how she wakes up in class and everybody's just like staring at her. One time I fell asleep. Oh, this is so embarrassing. This is so fucking hilarious too. One time I fell asleep in class. And this is, I think, my senior year. And it was in a computer's class. And it was one of those testing days. And I don't know how they did it or do it at you all schools, but... It was where they have testing days and whoever's not testing gets to do nothing in class. And we turned off the lights and there was a TV in the room with a movie. And I think it was Dances with Wolves because it's always Dances with Wolves. So I get out of my seat. I mentioned it's computer class for a reason, because the way the the desks and the tables are situated, this is back in the day when the computers were fucking huge as hell and the CPUs and all that shit was gigantic. So it's like a little fort there. So... I didn't have anybody sitting next to me. So I crawl down underneath the desk and I end up falling asleep.
0: Next thing I know, <laughs> I wake up. Wait a second. You <laughs> fell asleep under the desk. You climbed not, under the desk. Not
1: not I wasn't trying to fall asleep. I was just down there just like hanging out. And then, like I said, the lights were off. But I wake up. And the lights are on and I hear talking and I sit up from underneath and there's a brand new class in there.
0: What? <laughs> they left you in there. There's a brand new class in,
1: in there. And I'm like, holy fuck. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, there is no way to fucking leave this room. With any sort of dignity. <laughs> so I just grabbed <laughs> my stuff. And luckily there was two entryways into the classroom and I was near the back. So I just got up and I left the room. And I just remember thinking the whole time, because it was my lunch period. And I just remember thinking the whole time, "Why the fuck did anybody wake me up?
0: oh my god okay excuse me i was choking to death but what assholes for not waking you up
1: (laughs) oh my god that was great oh my god oh okay sorry i just wanted to share that little embarrassing tidbit i think my waking up with another class an entire new class in that room was more embarrassing than nancy waking up startled from a nightmare that's to be expected her best friend just died okay okay Alright, so now Nancy is at home. She's taking a bath. She's trying to chill and relax. And she falls asleep in the bathtub. And why the hell is she falling asleep in the bathtub? Obviously she's tired, but this is just like the whole time that she's falling asleep is if I'm falling asleep in the fucking bathtub, I'm getting out because I do not want to drown. And of course then, knock, mom knocks on the door. She's like, you Better not be falling asleep there. People drown. I just read this hours. I just saw it on the news or something like that. And then she's awake. What ends up happening. She falls asleep. And then Freddy Krueger's little hand comes out of the water. And he's going to try to get her. And again, this is what confuses the fuck out of me. So is his hand in the real world trying to get at her? Or is she dreaming that she's sleeping and the hand comes out? It confused the fuck out of me. Because obviously there's no like rhyme or reason or physics to this dream nightmare killing sequence. Anyways, so Freddy Krueger pulls her down into the tub and now it's a very deep tub and he's drowning her again she wakes up why doesn't Freddy Krueger let her go now because he can only fuck with you in the dreams didn't they make that very clear so he's trying to drown her she's very much awake because she keeps trying to claw her way out of that bathtub and then finally mom comes and everything's fine but that just really bothered me like every time they wake up while they're getting fucked with he should leave them alone. There should be rules to this bullshit. So mom came in, checked on her, asked her if she wanted warm milk, which really grossed me out. It's like, do people really do that? I apologize if warm milk is your jam. I don't mean to yucky or yum. I just don't like milk. So the whole thought of warm milk. Anyways, mom leaves and she's in the bathroom and she opens up the medicine cabinet and there's just like casually some caffeine pills there in the medicine cabinet. And do people just randomly have caffeine pills? in their medicine cabinets. Cause I know I had to go out and find them and buy them when I needed them. I'm guessing she took the caffeine pills, but this is why it's confusing. Oh my Lord. So they made a point of showing that she had these caffeine pills, but then she's in her room with her boyfriend and she needs uh, Johnny Depp to watch over her while she goes to sleep to get Freddy Krueger to come after her because she's going to do a little experiment. Johnny Depp is supposed to watch over her to make sure that she's okay. If she screams out or whatever, he's supposed to wake her up so that she's safe. But why does that fucking matter? Because Freddy Cougar doesn't follow the rules. Anyways, so I guess she's asleep and she's walking outside. And this is really confusing. So she's walking outside and then she's like behind a bush or maybe Johnny Depp is behind a bush and she turns around. Are you there? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. But is she saying that in her dream out loud to him and he's in the room? Or that whole scene was
0: really confusing to me. But it was a dream, right, Alma? Yes, it's for sure a dream. She's dreaming. And I think it's just like in a state where everything is real. That's how he that's how he's getting you. It's like everything you're seeing is something that you wouldn't realize is in your dream or not. Okay.
1: Okay. So maybe with her calling out to Johnny Depp, she's dreaming that. And in her dream, Johnny Depp says, Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. All right. Moving on. So boyfriend's watching over her. She gets chased by Freddie and she runs really silly. I don't know why I thought that. I just thought she was really silly. The reason I noticed that was because I'm like, finally someone running in a dream the way I run in a dream. Because when Tita was running in her dream, she was like doing some real running. Like she was awake running. But we all know that in our dreams we run really weird, either slow or something's going on. So anyway, she's running funny and she starts going up the stairs and... She starts going through the stairs. She's if it's like a quicksand or mud or something. So she's calling out for her boyfriend. And I'm thinking this whole time, what good is he for? Because
0: he's not fucking helping her. He's asleep himself next to her. I called him a bitch ass at this point. I said, bitch ass fell asleep. He had one fucking job. He was supposed to stay <laughs> awake so that he could wake her up in exactly 10 minutes or something. And instead he's like, oh, shh, peace out, bitch. <laughs> But luckily,
1: because she couldn't, she knew she couldn't trust him, she had an alarm and the alarm wakes her up. Is that right? Because that's how I remember it. Correct.
0: Yes, that's how she saved as an alarm on her digital watch. The badass 1980s digital watches.
1: <laughs> okay, so now we have that experiment didn't work because fucking Johnny Depp was good for nothing. We have Rod. Remember how he got picked up by the cops? And he's in jail right now. So he's over there in jail and... He's falling asleep off and on. And during that time, kind of Freddy Krueger is fucking with him. And so it's teasing us. Is he going to kill him now? Is he going to kill him now? After Nancy and Johnny Depp wake up, they decide they're going to go check on Rod at the police station because they have an feeling that he's going to be next they go over to the jail and they're talking to the the different cops they're like no it's after 10 o'clock or whatever the fuck you can't go visit him now and she calls him by his name because remember her dad's a cop she calls him by his first name which i thought was funny because she's supposed to be like i don't know 17 18 years old this 40 50 year old man in front of her so they finally it looks like they're going to make their way but over to the jail cell but unfortunately rod finally went into a deep sleep and during that sleep Freddie turned his, I thought he was, this is the funny part. So this could be a little triggering to you, but it's made to look like a suicide. He didn't kill himself, but it does look like it. But this is the interesting thing. Because when I was little, I remember for some reason, it was just a sheet. Freddie Krueger, all he did was get that sheet and he wrapped it around him to hang him. But I remembered it as a snake. And that's funny how a little kid's brain works, because when I saw the blanket being used to kill him the other night, I was like, what the fuck? I thought it was a snake. (laughs) So unfortunately, he does die. But here's the part that, that, okay, have y'all noticed a theme here? A lot of shit pisses me off. But anyways, so he gets killed unfortunately and johnny depp and nancy and a few other cops come running in they do cut him down pretty quickly but he's pronounced dead instantly oh and get this he did wake up while he was dying again freddy krueger isn't following the rules what the fuck why the fuck does he even need dreams why does he even need dreams if he can like do whatever the fuck he wants anyways anyways sadly we're going to rod's funeral now
0: so it's funeral time for poor Rod, and it's a really nice funeral, isn't it? It's like beautiful. So. It's like it's gorgeous. He has a beautiful casket and everything. I thought it was really interesting because the preacher standing over him, and at the funeral, and says, "He who lives by the sword shall buy the sword." But follows Shall buy dergis- the sword? Shall? <laughs> oh my God! Is that what he said? Yeah. Can you all tell that we're not Christians? <laughs> okay. Let me say. Okay, so the preacher's standing there at his funeral and he's giving these words like he's speaking his thing and he says, "He who lives by the sword shall by God damn it. I said it like <laughs> the very first time that I did it and now I just can't say it. I'm going to say it. Give me a second. 1 2." So the preacher says, "He who lives by the sword shall die by the sword," which is pretty judgy to me. And Yay, then he follows. <laughs> he followed that statement with judge not lest we be judged. He says a judgy statement and then says, don't judge. Anyway, it was a nice funeral. It was beautiful. Nancy's talking to her dad after the funeral and she's obviously not been getting any kind of sleep. She's taking like the whole caffeine pills like Dahlia was mentioning in the coffee, which I think is what's confusing Dahlia the most. It's like she's drinking all the coffee and the no dose pills to stay awake constantly, but then she schedules sleep. It's like, how do you fall asleep when you're trying to stay awake constantly. And she tells the dad, I know who's killing it. It wasn't Rod because at this point they're like, okay, let's close case. Even though nobody really says that he's the one who killed Tina, they're just assuming it's over because Rod is dead. And he's obviously killed himself because they think he did that because he felt very guilty. But Nancy tells the dad, no, I saw who it is. And she gives a description of Freddy Krueger. She says the red and green colored sweater, that his skin is really burned and that he has this glove with these knives that are sticking out of it. And the dad doesn't really say anything, but he looks like he looks concerned more about the description she's giving than her experiences. And the dad tells the mom to take her home and let her get some rest, And she's no. I'm going to go do something better. I'm going to get her some help because she's, I'm saving the day. So they schedule this sleep study at a place. And it's really like one of those places you go. So they're watching her sleep. And our sister had one of these the other night and we made fun of her because we kept joking around. Yeah, we were joking around that they're going to do naughty stuff to you. And they're just going to post all that on the internet. This is proof of that because they sat there and they were watching Nancy sleep and videotaping it. And we watched it. If you want to look up anybody's (laughs) sleep studies, I know they're online. My sister is there. They're probably doing funny stuff to her while she's asleep. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. She admitted it. She said like someone came in the middle of the night and fixed her um blanket or whatever. Shut the fuck <laughs> <And> it, up. <laughs> so she's having her sleep study. And he's explaining to her like the dream state, like what's going on here. And he's we're going to look for any abnormal variations in sleep patterns, blah, 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 scientific mumbo jumbo. And she's sleeping, but she falls asleep very peacefully. And he says Mm -hmm. what we're looking for is if she's having nightmares, you're going to see spikes in the seismograph, which is for earthquakes. But We're going to use that because I don't know what the (laughs) fuck that machine is. I was about (laughs) to say that's for earthquakes. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so they're checking the sleep seismograph and (laughs) they're trying to see if she's having nightmares. And at first it's like normal. Like he's, this is normal, but then it starts getting heightened because she's having a nightmare with Freddie. She's having a nightmare and she's getting freaked out and she's getting louder. But the technicians watching and the mom are like, Oh, what are we, this is, what are we doing? This is obviously abnormal because the little scam thing is just like jumping all over the place and they run over to wake her up and she's screaming and shouting. And when the mom wakes her, she's got that white streak of hair. Ooh, Cause that's what happens when you get like super scared, your hair turns white, like rogue um, from X-Men. And so she's got the white streak in her hair and she pulls out a hat from under the blanket. Now this is why I probably also Dali was confused because see Freddie isn't following the rules of sleep. He is doing something that he shouldn't be able to do, but she realizes she can do it too. When she pulled that hat out from under the thing, she realizes not only can he do harm to us in our wake state, I can bring something over to the wake state because she got that hat.
1: I don't know if I could do, I don't know if I could do that. I'd be bringing over some really cool shit, like lots of fucking money or something. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be bringing over Freddie's hat pots of gold
0: (laughs) maybe brownies so we don't even have to bake or anything (laughs) so weird brownies you yeah, I don't want to but
1: But you can buy brownies
0: at the store. You have to drive to the store. You're having a dream with a brownie in it. Just grab it. Oh my God. Okay, go, go on with your brownie okay. loving ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so also she has a horrible like scratch on her arm where he like really messed up her arm and it's really gross and it's all meaty looking and stuff. She looks in the hat and she pulls it out to tell her mom that there's a name in the hat. And the name inside the hat, because we know that everyone labels their shit, including right? their Right? What the fuck? <laughs> he labeled his shit, okay? His name is in the hat. Fred Krueger. property of, made with tender, loving care, and all that shit is inside the hat. She suspects that her mom knows a little bit more than she's saying here. She brings it up to her saying, I know that more... And she's obviously you're drinking. And this is when we notice the mom's been drinking the whole movie. Mm-hmm. She seems to be. And I, it never occurred to me that it had anything to do with it. I thought maybe this was just like what we did. Cause remember when, back in the eighties, People smoked in our faces as kids and they always had a drink in our hand. And I don't know a kid who didn't know how to make a Michilada for an adult. It's just <laughs> something that we did. We handed the drinks out. We were the little bartenders and stuff. But mom has been drinking this whole time. And she's, that's probably why you've been drinking like that. So Nancy brings up the fact that mom's been drinking too much. Someone slaps someone. The bottle gets knocked to the ground and breaks. And the mom tells her, You don't have to worry because he's dead. So it's obvious mom knows who Fred Kruger is and has been keeping shit from her. The next scene is Nancy visiting her boyfriend, Glenn, who's Johnny Depp, and they're at a bridge feeding ducks or something. And she's talking to him about, she has a plan. In fact, she even has a book about booby traps and survivor guide or something like that. And She's asking Glenn what she should like, She's talking to Glenn about her plan and what she wants to do. And she's asking him for help. I, and I don't know, know why a,
1: she's asking him for help. He's obviously
0: very untrustworthy. Yeah, he, he's just going to go right back to sleep. But she does <laughs> ask him. She's talking to him about dreams, but he does give her a piece of information that he thinks is worth knowing. What's he that? was telling her about the Balinese way of sleeping and dream skills he said that they would go into their dream state but they would use what is in their dreams as a way to overcome their fears and stuff like that and she asked him what did they do when they saw monsters and he said they would turn their back on the monster when you turn your back on them you take away their energy and it disappears and so that's when she's like light bulb over her head. They actually put a light bulb in here. It's cheesy. It was Shut there the though. the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> she's, she, and he's looking at her book of survivors because I have to give this to her. At least this girl's got a plan. Now, the one thing that escapes me is like this whole time, it's the 1980s. I know some of y'all, most of y'all probably weren't alive in the eighties, but there was something called microfiche. You could mm-hmm. look up newspapers Why didn't she ever go to the library? We went to the library all the time for Mm -hmm. everything. I used to love fucking going
1: through the microfiche. I would make up things to look at the microfiche because you had to ask the librarian to bring it to you. So I would have to think on my feet, ooh, what am I going to look at? And we almost literally, sometimes people overuse the word literally, but I'm not here. We almost literally lived in the library because it was across the street from us. And we grew up without air conditioning in fucking hot boiling south texas and during the summertime we used to go to the library it started off as going to the library because it was air conditioning but then it's you're in the library might as well read all these books and so we just really enjoyed looking at
0: all the cool stuff in the microfiche i don't know yeah, we even volunteered though. Don't you remember? We used mm-hmm. to put the books back, so, back oh, on the that shelf. was. Oh my God, I was such a fucking we, nerd. <laughs> we got all the books from the sci-fi and horror section so that we could read about ghosts and stuff like that. We didn't use our like knowledge for good. It was just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, all the books. Witchcraft is- and, <laughs> and aliens and shit like that. So everything to this point, Nancy's obviously going to the library because she's like getting books on survivor skills, but not looking up Freddy Krueger at all. She heads home. And when she gets there, the little trellis up to her house that was covered with roses. It was really pretty. The, the way that the boyfriend can sneak in and out of her house. Apparently that was like an eighties thing. They had been torn down and every window and there's bars all over the <laughs> bars, all over the windows and doors. And she's like, yuck. Cause it does. It looks stupid. It looks stupid. And she goes in her house and there's mom drunk as a skunk and has a drink <laughs> in her head. She's standing in front of the basement all creepy and says, follow me downstairs, Nancy. I have something to tell you. Why in the hell did Nancy follow her drunk ass mom into have. the basement? It looked like she was going to get murdered. My little kid ass thought her mom's going to fucking kill her. Okay. She follows her down into the basement and she pulls something from up inside the old school furnace and it's wrapped in some like dirty rag or whatever. And she starts to tell Nancy about Fred Krueger. Okay. She said that he was a filthy child murderer who had killed 20 neighborhood kids. And see, this is when the microfish would have come in handy because she would have already known this. Now, originally the script did call that he was, and a lot of people remember it this way that he was supposed to be a pedophile. Yeah, child that's how I remembered it, that he was yes. a pedophile. In the original script, he was, but it was like floating around for a few years before it actually made it to into production. And they changed it because they didn't want to feel like they were capitalizing on the current state of news in mm-hmm. the area, which there were actual children and mm-hmm. the pedophiles that so they didn't want to capitalize that. So they just changed it to child murder. But mm-hmm. our minds still Still thought of it that way because when you mm-hmm. think about it, who just kills kids? Like somebody just hates kids and then just killing kids. That's not really how it works. <laughs> Stop saying <Why> anyway? kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I should have said it so much. So then she starts talking about that the lawyers got fat pockets and the judge got famous, but someone had screwed up the arrest and they had never signed like the correct like a technicality he got let off so the neighborhood is pissed and all the family and the parents they got together and they're out for some vigilante justice they followed his ass to some old abandoned building boiler room where he used to take the kids that he hated and murdered and (laughs) um, okay so anyway they poured, ga- they poured gasoline all over that bitch and they watched it burn and she's like and you know how we know he's dead you don't have to worry because her ass went back in there and pulled that glove with the knives out and she kept it as some sort of souvenir so she's admitted that they killed fred krueger Okay, so this proves and she's seen that glove. She saw it in the dream. So now she's armed with her information and she's devised her plan, her master plan, because she's the final girl. And she calls Glenn on his phone, like with the old, like old school cord. And he stands there. And I did make note of that, of this, because he stands there in this iconic like I know everybody's seen Johnny Depp with the crop top. And the the warm ups, the weirdest fashion trend from the 80s was dudes wearing like football jersey crop tops and sweatpants. It was strange to me. Yeah. And she's telling him her plan. And once again, she enlists him to do what? Wake her up from her sleep and stay awake. He has one job. She tells him to stay awake again because he's going to wake her up and she wants him to come over and and sneak in and that they're going to do her plan. She's going to lure him back to her house because she's also seeing the overlap of where they really are is like in her dreams, like really where she is. If she's dreaming she's in her house, she figures he's going to be in her house too. And she wants to yank his ass out of her dreams and have Glenn wake her up and she's going to pull Fred Krueger into the real world. And she asks him to meet at midnight and she told him, whatever, you don't fall asleep. So Glenn's at home and he's resting, falls asleep. Of course, the mom walks in and wakes him up this time and she tells him go back to sleep. And he's talking like usual dumb boy stuff about he's going to watch nude girls or something like that. I know my boys do that all the time to annoy me. And she's sweet and she puts him to sleep. I thought she was a really cute mom. And yeah, and then they show Nancy at home with her crazy drunk mom. Tell her, please (laughs) go to sleep now, child. And (laughs) she takes the coffee from her room and Nancy's yeah, I'm totally going to go to sleep. And when she leaves, hilariously, Nancy pulls out a whole ass coffee maker from underneath her oh bed or something oh my fucking god yeah <laughs> that was and so she weird she just had oh it's okay mom take that coffee pot i g- i got a whole ass one and she this is strange too because once again she's drinking coffee to stay up it's like really who at the age of 16 17 because that's how old she's supposed to be can't stay up till midnight we got sleepy glenn across the street and nancy has to drink a whole last pot of coffee to stay up but till she's mid. drinking I all mean, that coffee
1: midnight. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Uh, you, but it's just because she keeps drinking all this coffee, but she's planning on going to sleep. So it makes zero sense to me.
0: Yeah, that's why it's like, why are you and she needs to go to sleep at a certain time, she gets dressed Because she changes out of her nightgown. That's what I thought was important. Nancy changes into clothes because she knows she's going to have to do some fighting. And then she looks out the window and Glenn's dad is staring at her. And at first I thought, is he being a peeper? But the mom walks up to him. Nancy closes her window. And it's because he doesn't like Nancy. He thinks she's crazy. And all the bars on the window make them all look crazy. And he says he wants Nancy nowhere near her. their son. Johnny Depp is upstairs in his room
1: and... Falling asleep again, of course. What else did we expect? But the funny part to me was, and of course, I I remember back in the day, these little TVs, but he has a fucking TV on his bed. I think it's even on his stomach and he's watching it and falls asleep to it. That I found
0: hilarious. Yeah, it was like those old school portable TVs because that was like the cool thing to do. Nancy calls his house and the mom answers and the dad comes over and takes the phone away and tells her he's not going to wake up Glenn and hangs up the
1: phone. Johnny Depp is falling asleep and over at Nancy's house, she gets a phone call. So she assumes that it's Johnny Depp. So she picks it up all excited, but it's not Johnny
0: Depp. Who is it, Alma? It's Freddie. I love it. This is my favorite phone call in the Mm -hmm. world. Okay. She slams the phone down because he scared the shit out of her and breaks it. She's oh shit. What have I done? But then the freaking phone starts ringing again and she's what the hell? She picks it up and the cord is torn out. She really messed up her phone and (laughs) out of the phone is Freddy's freaking tongue sticking oh out of the phone like the bottom of the phone is his lower part of the mouth and he licks her through the phone all over her face I just fucking love it when he licks her all over the face <laughs> <laughs> and then she snaps the phone how how did he do it how did he do it she scared me why am i looking around i shouldn't be recording alone because i totally got scared (laughs) he gets her to the phone (laughs) so he looks into the phone and now she's oh shit that means he's here and that's when she freaks out and starts banging on the window across the street like she's trying to get their attention Because obviously she's trapped inside of her house, too, because of the windows and the bars and everything. All right. So Johnny Depp is asleep. He's fucking asleep now.
1: And he starts getting pulled into the bed. And as he's getting pulled into the bed, he wakes up. He fucking wakes up and he starts trying to hold onto the bed. But it's being sucked in through the middle. And again, like I said, he's awake. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, so he's totally awake. He's not screaming or anything, but he gets pulled into the bed, and then the freaking blood—the bed erupts like a volcano of blood up into the ceiling. It's amazing. There's so much blood. It's just gushing in upwards. You could you could tell that they did this like in reverse, so they like flipped the screen. Yeah, they down. actually did. They actually yeah. did. Yeah. And so it's just shooting up to the ceiling and falling down. It's just so much freaking blood everywhere. So the cops are on the scene and this part
1: is just really weird because they automatically assume that he was killed or something. And I'm like,
0: there's fucking blood everywhere. There's seriously a dude holding a bucket underneath the ceiling to catch the blood that is dripping down from the upstairs. So Nancy calls her dad over there and she tells him she knows what happened. At one point, too, she had waved to her dad all creepy through the window, Mm -hmm. remember? And the dad waved back. It was like, what the hell? And she tells him that she uh, needs his help now. Okay. Mm -hmm. She knows what's happened. She doesn't need to go over there and see or know or anything. She knows Glenn is dead. She tells her dad that she just needs him to break down the door in 20 minutes. 20 Um, minutes. That's very important. Send, set a timer. She says she knows what she has to do. And he says he's going to do it. He says to sleep. And he just feels reassured that she's going to get some sleep. But that he'll say anything to make her happy at this point. But he does listen to her because he asks the cop to watch the house and make sure his daughter's okay and to come get him if he if if he needs them. this is when she starts making traps around this house Mm -hmm. and she just wants her mom to go to sleep and nancy says her prayers and sets an alarm on her watch and she hits the hay so she's in she's in la la land now she's dreaming away and in her dreams she's leaving and she goes downstairs and she starts exploring and this is where the overlap like she's in her house but she ends up in the boiler room and she's luring Freddy Krueger to come back she can hear Glenn screaming in her dream I think it was Glenn someone I assume that's who she could hear uh, in her sleep she runs and she falls out a window and she, he jumps out at her. I love that part because I love jump scares. Whenever there's one, I, I totally get into it. She grabbed him in her dreams and she, in her dream she pulled him back. But when she wakes up, he's not exactly there. She sits up, but that's when he jumps out from underneath her bed and scares the shit out of her. Except not really because she goes off running and she's going to lead him through her house of booby traps. Maybe she was like meant to be like a serial killer or something because she has this <laughs> planned out pretty good. Okay. <laughs> And she's yelling for help on the window, too, because remember, her dad is supposed to be watching her and the cop guy across, across the street is just like watching her like, "Ooh, what's she screaming for? And I don't know, he didn't look like, like he was taking her seriously, but he did go get the dad. So she's getting Freddy Krueger to follow her down the stairs. She sets off an explosion in the Home Alone booby trap scene. Nancy successfully sets him on fire. Again, isn't that nice? He died by fire and she sets his ass on fire. Except he's running all over the house with the flames on him. And I really like this scene because back then you could tell like there was a real person on fire. Mm -hmm. It's a real person on fire and it's so scary. The flames are shooting up and Fred is just spreading The fire all over the house, trying to burn the whole shit down. And she finally manages to get the dad's attention. They all are back at her house. They break the door down. But when they go in to see what's going on, they don't see Fred anywhere, except Nancy notices the flaming footsteps are going up the stairs. And she's, oh shit, my mom. So she runs up the stairs, gets in the room just in time with her dad. Nancy and her dad see the mom on like her burnt up corpse being sunk into the bed and then just freaking disappear like a little foggy scene. And why does the dad look so chill? He does really like, like he sees this kind of shit every day. And they're just standing there and he's just, okay. So he walks away all normal and Nancy seems pretty calm. And I'm not understanding this at all. I don't understand. Why did he just kiss her and walk out of the room? Uh And Nancy seems pretty chill. And that's when she turns around and Fred jumps up from behind her real slow. Now he doesn't jump, but he comes up real slow and she starts talking to him. So she has her back on Fred Krueger as he's like slowly rising up from the bed. And she says, I know I've been dreaming this whole time. She doesn't look at Freddy Krueger who's behind her. She just says, I know my mom and my friends, they're all still alive because I'm dreaming. And that's when she recalls what Glenn told her. You turn your back on them and you take all their energy and they disappear. And when she opens the door, Fred disappears like until this staticky thing and she steps outside and it's she's stepping outside of her own house her mom is standing there next to her it's a whole new day except it still looks foggy everywhere like a dream state and all her friends are in a convertible right there at the in front of her house she goes up to her friends they get in and she just accepts that they're alive I'm awake. She thinks she's awake, except everything still looks dreamy. And the mom waves by to her and they all get trapped inside the convertible. The top goes up with the Freddy Krueger sweater top and they, she's screaming and freaking out and Glenn's what's going on. And they start being driven away, all freaked out. And the mom gets sucked back into the house by Freddy Krueger's hand. That and scene is fucking <laughs> hilarious. Oh my yes, God. That just looks it hilarious. Is. It's funny because her whole body gets sucked through the window, the tiny ass window, like in one piece, like it was a Mm -hmm. Barbie doll. I wish they had done that part better because it would have been funner. But obviously that was the end of the movie. So was she dreaming? Was it real? What was not real? I guess we'll find out part two. But I'm not going to watch part two. (laughs) (laughs) I actually liked all the movies. I watched them all because Nancy was my favorite. Mm. I wrote about it, I think, on Instagram that she was my favorite character. I really loved her. When I was a kid, I thought she was... Just beautiful to me. I thought she was so beautiful. And her mm-hmm. mom in it, I thought was gorgeous. Oh, and yeah. I even looked at her now. I'm like, damn, she was really mm-hmm. good looking. And I really loved Nancy. She was my favorite. So she's really the only reason I watch the other movies. But Freddie is always worth watching. He's funny. Okay,
1: so now I'm going to do our real world connection. And, of course, I have to do it on Dreams because we just did A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I found this really... I, I, I just tend to get into these deep dives when I'm doing my research and I have to remind myself that I need to keep it simple but I just found some really fascinating articles out there about sleep paralysis. I wanted to speak about
0: sleep paralysis be- <laughs> It's bringing out the list bit in me too. Do a few asa acai, acai, usu You forgot oso usu Yeah, A e i o. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: I think I got it. I know I can read. (laughs) Okay. Sleep paralysis specifically. And because I'm not going to speak for you, Alma, but I've suffered from these sleep paralysis nightmares really horribly. I had them really bad growing up. I've had episodes as an adult and it's probably been about probably a year or two since I had my last episode But when I had them like a whole bunch,
0: they were fucking terrifying. I just had one just one night ago. So last night, like, I think I had seven days of no sleep paralysis incidents and then one the night before last. And what happened? The night before. Okay. So the past few months, I've had some pretty terrible ones and insomnia is my trigger for it. And the night before last... I it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad, but when I woke up, finally I couldn't go back to sleep. So I've had for the past few weeks I really haven't been getting a lot of sleep. The thing is about the last one that I had wasn't as scary because I woke up pretty fast, but then I that's didn't want to go back to sleep. <laughs>
1: oh, I know. That's that's the horrible thing because you you think if you go back to sleep that you're going to start seeing or hearing all these things. I know Luckily, lately, I'm only just having nightmares. And when I say I'm just having nightmares, I'd rather just have nightmares than have sleep paralysis. Because the sleep paralysis, I just remember, I found this article that I'm going to be reading. But this article is going to describe exactly, like, you're going to you're going to hear this Alma, and you're going to be like, oh, my motherfucking God. That shit is what I am experiencing. But it's so scary that if you've never had these kind of sleep paralysis, nightmares... Oh my God, you are so lucky and I'm so happy for you. I really am. And if you have had these before, I'm really sorry for you. (laughs) And I hope that you can find something
0: that will give you peace afterwards because they're absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I think as a kid, it was more horrifying, because you really don't understand. Mm -hmm. And if you spoke with amongst our family, who is very spiritual, very Mm -hmm. believing in supernatural, it scares you even more. So that's what kept me from speaking about them more until I became more of an adult, and then was able to speak to doctors and could understand exactly what was happening to me. But even if you understand what's happening to you, having hallucinations the way that I do, having those... Those experiences, the terrifying, the, the feeling that someone is trying to get the breath out of you, mm. the weight on your chest, mm-hmm. the feeling of suffocation, its horrible. that is terrifying and it makes it worse because then you're trying to... Not to fall asleep so you don't experience it. And just last month, my husband, I had to help have him stay up for a few hours to help me get back into sleep properly because I just kept having one back to back and I just couldn't breathe. My anxiety, I was having an anxiety attack over the whole experience. So was he did he do a better job than Johnny Depp did in the movie? Oh, yeah, he stayed awake, his <laughs> ass stayed awake. <laughs> and I think it helped because I woke up too many times when I finally woke up, I was screaming or crying. Mm. And that it was probably the worst had been in years, mm-hmm. because it was like nights and nights of it felt like it was probably about two weeks where I just could not get any sleep. Yeah, unfortunately, in this family, we're like cursed with not the best mental health. But <laughs> anyways,
1: <laughs> so I found this really interesting article. It's called "The Sleep Paralysis Nightmare: Wrathful Deities and the Archetypes of the Collective Unconscious." Doesn't that title sound like really cool? But this was I found this in the Psychological Perspectives. It is a quarterly journal of Jungian thought. I don't know how to, I don't know how to pronounce that because I know you say Jung, right? J-U-N-G, but I don't know how to say it with the I-A-N so I used to sound like a total asshole when I say it, but anyways, so this article was written by Aurit Rees and Leanne Whitney. And this came out in June of 2020. And this article, I'm going to go ahead and leave a link in the episode description so that because I'm only going to read a very small portion of it, but the entirety of it is like super fucking interesting. The nightmare of sleep paralysis is known in the neurocognitive literature as sleep paralysis with hypnagogic and hypnopompic hallucinations, isolated sleep paralysis and arousal system REM intrusion. This article refers to the phenomenon as the sleep paralysis nightmare because it seems to be the most accurate and neutral referent beyond and prior to a medical or pathological label. And sleep paralysis, this is me talking, sleep paralysis nightmare just sounds a lot shorter and easier to remember. <laughs> so, all right. The phenomenon is fascinating to a wide range of investigators because it occurs when we are both asleep and awake, posing fundamental questions regarding conscious experiences in sleep and the notion of conscious experience. In the sleep paralysis nightmare, accompanying the paralysis is a subjective sense of being awake, feeling intense terror, and sensing the presence of a threatening entity. During this state, subjects are aware of their thoughts, bodily sensations and surroundings, and the phenomenon is experienced and perceived to be as real as any waking life experience. In the most vivid sleep paralysis nightmares, People portray their experiences as nocturnal assaults by demons, incubi, hags, or dark entities, ascribing these assaults to evil spirits with various degrees of malevolence. And as
0: Alma mentioned earlier, that's straight up what that, what we thought was going on with us when we were younger. Yeah. It was like, especially because it was like a repeated incident. The most common for me when I was young was the feeling of that presence in the room, Mm -hmm. but also the feeling that they were sitting on your chest. And I know a lot of you have seen those old paintings of the little demon sitting Mm -hmm. on someone's chest. And that's how you feel. So how do you explain that to an eight year old who is experiencing Mm -hmm. that what they're doing is just is a normal part of Not normal, but that it's something that happens and it's not actually anything demonic or scary like Mm -hmm. that. It's still terrifying, but it's much better to have it explained to you or if you talk to your doctor or research it on your own. That way you can understand it better.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading. For centuries and across many different cultures, the origin of the sleep paralysis nightmare known by different names in folklore has been attributed to the spirit world. In fact, the literal translation of nightmare is nocturnal demon and is believed to be the original referent for the word nightmare. The particular narrative of sleep paralysis changes from culture to culture. The key elements of intense fear, motor motor paralysis, and a sense presence remain the same. I remember one particular experience when it was after, it was the same night that Alvarito died. I guess I was a sophomore in high school and I didn't know he had died yet but I remember I had heard mother crying in the other room. I had no idea why she was crying and she left the house. Like it was like after two or three o'clock in the morning. So we were all alone in the house and I don't know, that must've seeped into my sleeping state somehow hearing, hearing your mother cry, you don't, especially our mother, she never cried. So hearing her cry somehow upset me in a way that when I fell asleep, I guess I was having nightmares or whatever, but I ended up having a sleep paralysis uh, episode like early that morning of something running around the bed and I remember pulling the blanket up over my head and this thing was just going around the bed over and then jumped onto the bed and over the blanket like looking through it was like a sheet and I had the sheet pulled over my eyes and I remember this because later when I found out that Alvarito had died I had convinced myself that it was either Alvarito fucking with me like running around just one last hurrah before he left the earth Or that it was like some kind of spirit coming to tell me that it was him that had died. So I'm just very aware of these types of things. And it's very interesting to, obviously, we know that different cultures have different versions of what happens during these sleep paralysis. But that's what my sophomore brain had come to the conclusion of.
0: Okay, so I think it was in high school that I had looked it up and found out what I was having was sleep paralysis. And I know the triggers for it now that I'm years later and have spoken to doctors and even tried medication to help me sleep. I know with all that background information, what exactly is happening to me, but it still doesn't take away that fear, (laughs) but it does help because a lot of times just knowing what's happening to you and understanding will help you. And it also can alleviate some of the triggers that you might have for it. Some of mine being anxiety, insomnia, poor sleeping habits. A lot of people with, I think they say, I'm not sure if it's restless leg syndrome or Mm -hmm. leg cramps and things like that can trigger it. But now I I know things not, oh, and if you sleep on your back, sleep apnea I think is also a trigger for it. And the universal Stories that people might share are those the the feeling of someone sitting on your chest, something running around your bed, the feeling of a presence in your room, but also those out of body flying experiences, which Mm -hmm. I was I just told my husband the other day. I had one and those are actually the fun ones to me that don't scare me for some reason I find it almost comical and it I really just let my body relax and just deal with it because I think it's really funny to have that sensation that you're like out of body flying up Mm. and it actually is like one that I'll just just deal with and it doesn't scare me so much but like the other night when I had my husband when I was having a few of the really bad ones when I asked him to stay asleep I told him make sure that I don't lay on my back because that's one of the triggers sleeping on my back. I keep my back to you and not the wall because when I can't see what's behind me, Mm -hmm. that is a trigger. (laughs) So so I make sure that he's got my back. He's got my six (laughs) and I don't sleep on my back. And then if I'm snoring to help me position myself, because then I know it's interrupting my regular healthy sleep. That's funny,
1: Alma, that you mentioned the thing about I I can't have anything to my back. I'm the same way. Even if I'm sitting in a room where there's other people or whatever, I have to be in the back because if like somebody's sitting behind me or something like that, I can't deal with that. It just the anxiety that it gives me is just way too much for me to handle. Okay, so I could keep reading forever from this really interesting article, but I won't. Again, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and leave a link to this journal article in the episode description so that you can check it out if you're interested in sleep paralysis. And again, the title of this, just because I want to say it because it sounds so smart, is Sleep Paralysis, Nightmare, Wrathful Deities, and the Archetypes of the Collective Unconscious by Orit Rees and Leanne Whitney. All right, so that's going to be it for this episode. Alma, what are we going to watch next week?
0: We will be watching Wreck. I think Wreck. that's how you would pronounce it because it's it's the foreign one. The better version. Don't watch the American version of that.
1: <laughs> Even though I like that actress a lot. What's her name that care. plays Dexter's sister? I I'm
0: prejudiced against the American versions of movies. I'm oh, like, no. It's absolutely. The original or bust.
1: <laughs> absolutely. But I like her. And that's her. It was okay. really hard to like watch her. her. I said it was, I, it's really, I admit that it is not a good version. And it's really hard to watch her in this really bad movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you watch it anyway. I do the same. I'm like, you love who you love. You are going to watch them. Yeah. But no, we're watching Wreck,
1: the Spanish version. All right, Alma. So if people want to talk at us or recommend a movie or just throw us uh, little tidbits of information that they've been holding on to all these years.
0: All right. You can email us at NightmareMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram handle at NightmareMoviePodcast. All right, everybody. Until
1: next time. Thank you for tuning in to Nightmare on 5th Street, a horror movie podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, remember to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and let us know what horror movie you would like us to discuss. Thank you for listening.